0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Puck Talk Live podcast. My name is Logan Rosengard. With me on the call, as always, we've got Rafi Serafian. We've got Noah Foster. As the time of recording this, we have, until there is an official announcement, finally found out the hub cities. We still don't know the Seattle expansion team name. And a partridge in a pear tree. Boys, how are you guys doing tonight?
1: Uh, It's a bit weird because you... Didn't count down from ten before our show like you normally do, so I don't really know what we do now. I'm a bit confused on how the shows going to look. So big changes, I guess. So
0: yeah, count. Yeah, we're starting down. Is overrated. Uh, I like the countdown.
2: Yeah, because you interrupt him at like you know. Yeah. No, no. Every time counts
1: as he counts down to ten for the viewers. I keep talking all the way until he starts saying his welcome.
0: it's true I'm not going to lie it's annoying but you know what (laughs) that's okay hey we prevail yep we we prevailed Foster why don't you run us down why don't you run us down what's going to be talked on the show today
2: we have a great show for you guys after well I don't know if it's going to be as great as our Tuesday episode because that was utter bliss that was fantastic we hope you guys enjoyed that too because we had a lot of fun making it We've got some housekeeping, and you know, with the whole uh, Jason Mertitas interview, we didn't really have time to go over the draft lottery, and that's kind of important. So we're going to do that. Our thoughts on that, and today, or today, excuse me, not today. Today is July second. Yesterday was supposed to be the first day of free agency. Everyone shed a quick tear for the normal NHL season, but in honor
1: parts, in honor and free agency, my f- yeah. two fa- two of my favorite parts of the season.
2: In honor honor of free agency normally happening, we're going to do the top five worst free agent signings. So that'll be entertaining. We get a good laugh. Of the last
1: few years. Of the last few years, too. Yes, of course. But just
2: housekeeping and some interesting interesting things around the league and and other leagues. And first, I want to start off not in the NHL, not in any of the four major sports. Well, Maybe according to Max Kellerman it is, but bum material anyway. The French Open, yes, the tennis one. We're going to tennis. The French Open is to allow sixty percent of seating capacity. So sixty percent of seating capacity will be filled. Now that is very interesting. That it's like that. It's not half. It's not quite three quarters or even two thirds. Sixty percent. I wonder how they got. I wonder how they got with that number. But the big takeaway here is there's going to be fans, but it's not going to be everyone. Do you guys think?
1: I think sixty percent though is still the, like is still enough and a solid amount to like sway the game though. Like if you were like we're gonna have fifteen or twenty percent, then like you, you hear the people like golf clap after like, you can barely hear them. But like sixty percent, I have never been to a, t- a tennis match, nonetheless French Open. I don't know how rowdy those get, but if those get a bit rowdy. Then I mean sixty percent could definitely have a big momentum yeah. swing.
0: Yeah, yeah i mean it doesn't it doesn't necessarily shock me you look at the numbers over in Europe and you look at the numbers here in the states uh it it, it makes sense that they're allowing first off they're allowing fans in the stadium at all and secondly they're allowing the numbers that they have i think sixty percent is pushing it if they can kind of you know account for distancing uh a couple seats in between each you know party or person i That's think it's, I, I think it's okay i I don't necessarily see a problem with it as long as you know it's a personal risk if you want to go out and you you know you haven't been tested. That's your own risk. People are going out with their own risk, but then again, like it it makes sense. Like, uh, is it dangerous? Yes. Are they trying to make it as normal as possible? Also, yes. It, yeah, exactly. It all lines up.
2: I think that sixty percent. I think it's I think it's good that we're seeing this because it's a lot of well what happens we don't want to fill stadiums we don't want to fill stadium i almost said seats and stadiums at the same time we don't want to fill stadiums to max capacity because that's dangerous we also don't want to have no fans so this is a nice compromise in uh, this is a nice compromise in uh, the middle i i don't know what even more i'm saying but it's a nice compromise between no fans and a lot of fans mm-hmm. which is dangerous so it's good to see that we're at least making progress
1: yeah, and I mean, if Canada is trending the way it's been trending, especially in Edmonton and Toronto, where cases seem to be going down, things be things are starting to look much better. You're starting to see light at the end of the tunnel. Hopefully, knock on wood. Then I think there's a realistic chance that there are like 60 percent of the stadium at Edmonton is full for the conference and uh, Stanley Cup Finals. Like yeah, I wouldn't. I I really not. do
0: not. I don't. I don't see. A, like, ho- it wishful thinking aside i do not see a i do not see any room where any north american sports league is taking that risk None. i don't I'm, think so either. i'm just saying like
1: i could see like it would make sense to like it right i got you just saying, not make sense and i'm in also the way. just saying
0: there is zero chance in my eyes and in the eyes of common sense uh, that that any commissioner of any made of the four north american sports leagues or the three active ones right now are going to allow fans baseball yeah. maybe it, that, that's a different story because uh, maybe they kind of leave it up to the uh, owners of the teams, depending on what's happening in the states. Although, aside from that potential, and again, I think that would be stupid. I don't see a realistic chance of seeing fans in the postseason for any of the three active leagues. Leaves yeah, this of course, after. especially because especially because the, they're saying, in a bubble,
2: right? Yeah, right.
1: I'm not I, saying whatever it's, the hell. I'm not saying it is. should happen, but I'm just saying like the way that the French Open's looking right now, there is the possibility where. That likely would come across Batman's office, and I, I agree with you guys. I don't think it would happen, but it's just something also to think about as well. Has and
2: the then, NHL has the NHL officially ruled out that there are that there are going see, to be like the are they officially? like
1: about finished, the thing I really man. like about the NHL is they're very they wait till the very last second to release their information. They wait for all the facts till the very last possible second, and then after collecting the information, after that they make the decision because if. Let's go to hub cities real quick and then we'll get more into detail in a bit. But because we're kind of because I kind of mentioned it last week, if you made a bet with me $100 that the hub cities were Vegas and Vancouver, I would have taken that bet in a heartbeat. Yep. One week later, Edmonton, Toronto, official hub cities. Things change really quickly. And I really like how the NHL is taking their time on this. So if we if the NHL, and I'm not saying again, I'm not saying they should. But if the NHL was Gary Bettman's, like we need the escrow, we need the tickets, we need people to come to these games. If he's like, all right, sixty percent of the people can come, that decision wouldn't come until mid-September, the earliest. Like they they would ride it out to see because there's it's the start of July. There's still so much time to so much time left. Yeah. Like if I'm the NBA, if I'm Adam Silver, I'm already like getting a bit nervous because you're in a bubble, but. You you called Orlando three weeks ago, and now it looks like cases are going up, and now you're in a situation where it's like, eh. So I do – I've said this – I feel like I said, say this every show, but once again, the NHL, great job so far with handling when they're releasing their stuff.
2: So I don't think they've – they haven't ruled out officially fans, and they haven't – Nothing and they, is ruled they out. Haven't, Nothing they, is ruled out. And they technically haven't officially said that Toronto and Edmonton are the hub cities yet. That's just been reported by, you know, every Many major top sources. Yeah, which is like basically confirmed. But the NHL themselves hasn't confirmed anything.
1: Normally so, they take a day or two, I believe. I think you are correct. Be, I, think it's so. be, I think
2: it's supposed to be confirmed tomorrow. But basically, um, it's like I know we uh, a couple weeks ago there was discussions. Oh, maybe there's fans for the stanley cup final or maybe even the conference final i don't see i, I don't see that happening right because it's a bubble you want to you want to keep it as a bubble yeah for, I, I as long as agree. possible for you know for as long as possible basically for the entire playoffs
1: yeah so but then again i it's don't see also, it happening i
2: hope it does but i don't see yeah, it yeah
1: and it also doesn't hurt to think about that too i'd rather have that option be there and not choose it than last second like Oh, what if we exploit this option? Like, I like how there's all these different options, even if they seem a bit obscure or very unlikely to happen. I like that's on the table. And even though that I agree with you guys that likely there's no fans because the bubble obviously and all that stuff, that could be a positive light that if things are still trending in the right direction, we don't have another spike. There's so much obviously that can happen before January 1st, obviously. But if things do head in the right direction, people are actually socially distancing. People are being smart about everything, which we know some aren't. But if people are yeah, yeah. at least heading into a positive direction, by January 1st, NHL could be like, all right, we can have 60-70% of fans at, at at starting at the NHL season, regular yeah. season, come the 2020 2021 20, season. So this season, I agree with you guys, it wouldn't be too smart, especially the fact that you're in a bubble. But I think this is a positive trend that a lot of sports – places around markets around the world are starting to let some fans in, So, in correlation to the NHL's resumption regular season date of January 1st or so, around
0: then I'm just going to throw out a couple dates here from TSN hockey on Twitter and uh hashtag insider trading uh, these are just some tentative target dates uh, coming out of talks between the league and the players association July 13th is when phase three is going to start this is tentative I'm talking as if, you know, when I say is going to start, remember, asterisk, these are tentative target dates. Nothing is set in stone until it's set in stone. July 13th, Phase 3 training camp opens up. July 26th, teams report to the Hub City or cities. August 1st, Phase 4 games are starting to be played. And August 10th, Phase 2 of the NHL draft lottery will commence. So, that, real quick, that is nine days. Nine days, including the first, for the exhibition round, or the uh, the, ro- the round-robin. I- I'm not 100% sure if this is still a thing. The two exhibition games per team, per play-in team, as well as the play-in rounds to play. That's nine days. You have phase two of the draft lottery on August 10th. Early October, there is no set date. Stanley Cup is presented mid October. You got the draft, and November 1st is the free agent window. Again, those are alternative dates. But to move on, speaking of things, Toronto <laughs> and Edmonton, nice. are Nailed going it. To, uh, Toronto and Edmonton again, no official announcement has been made. And as Bob, uh, paraphrasing what Bob McKenzie on Twitter has been saying, with every report. Things can change in the hour. Don't take this, take this as truthfully or not truthfully as you would like. Because like Rafi said, last week we were under the impression that it was Vegas, Vancouver, Then we heard Chicago, Toronto, and now we have Edmonton. Toronto is the final two. But Edmonton and Toronto seem to be the two hub cities that the league will continue basing their operations around this summer. Edmonton is going to, again, that nothing is official, but this seems to be the as close to official as it gets right now. Edmonton is going to host the conference finals and the Stanley Cup final. And the West. It uh, there is no set whether or not it's West or East. Oh really? Yeah, yeah no, not so, yet. Uh, Oh okay. I'm from sorry, my I understanding, saw that on somewhere. I, yeah, no. I, from my understanding, I thought that uh, it would. I, I remember there's something coming out from some uh, someone on Twitter. I completely forget who at this point uh basically said that you know one hub city's going to be exhibition play in round 1 and round 2 and then you got the conference finals and Stanley Cup finals in the other one that doesn't make any sense I mean it makes sense it keeps it, kind it, of but you you know, like you're like limiting you're limiting travel like you're limiting player travel think about it by the well, time yeah, you wouldn't have to... by, by the time yeah. you get to uh by the time you get to the third rounds you're really only moving four teams instead of uh you know it, having you're limiting people's contact with third parties outside of the bubble think about it
1: yeah well yeah I, but you're I also agree.
2: you're also like well yeah but if you have you have the east like the only issue there is uh the round robin tournament right cuz it's not a round robin tournament if they're just playing one other team like that doesn't make any sense um so the only issue with that is if you have separate hub cities for the east and west is that i think you can just assign them to one team or to one city but you have Round run, you have the play ins round one, round two in for the east in one city and for the west in the other. Because, like you said, by the time you're getting to the conference finals, uh, you're not you're not you're only moving four, you'd only move two teams at that point, really. Well, and you'd only only move two teams, um, after the round robin tournament, after the play ins for round one.
1: And a key thing, too, is in these two hub cities, let's say there's an east and a west and everything, whatever the playoffs are, I, we're, I'm not going to focus on the playoffs. And we've mentioned this before. Logan, I know you've mentioned this several times, and I completely agree with you whenever you say this. Like, after the play-in rounds, half the teams are basically, or after all the playing rounds are done, like, half the teams are gone. Yep. So it's like... Eight, yeah, eight re- teams
0: are out of there, right? So by my the end of the, of
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. But in what uh, TSN... Posted on Instagram that you just had Logan too. By nine days, there's gonna be half the teams there still, so that inc- that just decreases numbers really quickly. So there's less contact, there's less possibility for anything like that. Yeah, that's I nice. personally really like that idea that like every week, like it's lowered by half. You chop in half, you chop in half. Like every week, week and a half. Like it's just you're quickly like fifty people times your twelve sounds a bit daunting. But then again, you have to remember, too, that in those nine days, as I mentioned, as Logan mentioned, as you mentioned as well, Noah, half the teams are going to be gone by then in nine days. So it's not – there is that risk. But then again, people need to realize, too, it's like it's not that bad. It's not as bad as people are making it out to be.
2: Definitely not. In other news, two people uh, coming off injuries, diseases, we will go touch on quickly – Alexander Texier, Texier? 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 Texier was I could activ- say the same. Yeah. He was activated off IR for CBJ. Good for him. Good for Columbus. Get more people back. Love to see it. The Good bigger news. Guy. Yep. The bigger news of today Oscar Limblom rang the bell in the hospital signaling he is officially done with his cancer treatment. Thank goodness. It has, a, it has been a long time coming. And Everyone in the hockey community is rallying around him. You love to see it. We've talked about it before, but it's still just a great sight to see.
0: Yep. Speaking of Philadelphia, real quick, not, not to kind of just like, you know, jump off of uh, someone recovering from cancer to self-promotion, but if you haven't checked out our uh, <laughs> interview from the last episode with Jason Martinez of the Philadelphia Flyers radio uh, broadcasting team, I highly recommend checking that out. Awesome interview. Uh, but, yeah, congrats, Lynn Blom. Great guy, uh, nothing but the best. Probably for him not going to his, yeah, he he will yeah, not. He's be not playing. playing next season. Yeah, there's no
1: way with something away. like that. Um, Nolan Patrick, also a Philadelphia Flyer, who's been dealing with some stuff. It doesn't look like he's going to be playing either. But l- let's be honest, let's be let's level here. Like, oh no, I he beat the cancer, playoffs, but I beat cancer. Yeah. Like that's still
2: exactly like
1: that must feel like winning the Stanley Cup or even better than that. In all honesty, so. No, regardless of what happens with the Flyers, Limbaugh, definitely a winner today absolutely, and in the future.
0: Speaking of people uh, coming off of injured, it looks like Michael Furland, uh, Vancouver Canucks forward Michael Furland, and over it's, not 100%, winner. it's not 100%, but it is looking like he might be on the track to play uh, in the postseason, he, you know, he suffered a couple concussions in his career, uh, including what knocked him out from playing the bulk of this season. Mm-hmm. It looks like his symptoms have subsided or are or, or on the track to where he might be able to play come August 1st. And that that could be a game changer for Vancouver. He's not really the good. best forward. Don't get me wrong, he is not a, a like, you know, 30 goal scorer that once he's in the lineup that automatically ups their chances of going to the cup final. That isn't what I'm getting at. But he's a very capable forward and as well as he he can really ruffle some feathers. You know, he is the type of player that can score. You know, he he can play your top six as a top six winger and also throw your weight around and, you know, ruffle some feathers, get the get the boys going on the bench after laying on a monster hit. Last season with Carolina, he in seventy one games he had forty points. In fourteen games played with Vancouver, he only had five points. Not maybe the uh, best uh, pace, but you know, he, he's you know forty points in seventy one games. That's pretty good. That's, that's for not bad. for a, that's a, that's a top nine winger. He can play power play minutes. He has the potential to do that. He can slot into Vancouver's lineup and really shake things up. He he can be a difference maker. Not the biggest difference maker. But.
1: I really yeah, want to touch on... Sure. Wanna... Right, sorry, Rafi, go ahead. Okay, I was just going to mention real quickly that with a lot of teams that have won the Stanley Cup in the last few years, you always have one or two guys that may not be playing top six minutes or mostly in your bottom six, bottom six minutes on your lines, on your forward lines or defense defensive pairs. But they always are. They always have like a few guys that really know how to rough it up. And I feel like in the playoffs, there's a bit more elevated phys- physicality wise. And Ferland definitely packs a punch when he plays. So Vancouver definitely is gaining a big aspect of their a new a new and returning aspect of their game that they kind of needed because for the most part they don't have too many big guys or any guys who really like to get chippy other than maybe Tyler Myers on their team.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. Noah. I I just wanted to mention the fact that while well, we we've said before and we've kind of beaten a dead horse by saying there's gonna be no fans and how that's gonna impact the game. I think what's interesting is the NHL has basically come out and said um uh, there's gonna be really limited not like hitting, but like they're gonna try to like there's be like no after the whistle scrummages, like no that, there's be like that, no
0: That fighting. wasn't an official announcement. That was not. Am I going crazy? Am I just going no. crazy? That was. That was on just one Twitter. of those things where it was like people were throwing around the possibilities of ways that they can distance and try and keep the players safe. That that wasn't enough.
1: There's no way that if two players are about to drop the gloves that there's going to be like four wraps. Like, no, you need to distance. You need to no. distance. You need to. It will it, just become a mess. Yeah, yeah
0: they're not
2: going to do that. But... Not,
0: they're, they're, I, I really don't think there's going to be a problem if two guys get together after the whistle or you know there's a scrum in the. Corner, they're not going to blow the whistle and, like, all right, 30 seconds, take, take a breather. Like, no, no, not I don't gonna... think that's, I don't think that's, get hydrated, happen. boys, and then come back. No, but like the
2: scrums in front of the net that we see that are like completely unnecessary, like all the pushing and shoving, you know, I sound like a mom when I say that, but like, right. I get, I get it, I get if it's scrum, with punks loose, whatever, but like, as I long can't you're not imagine licking I can't anyone, imagine.
1: then you should be fine.
2: I, okay, I'm looking at you, Brad Martian, uh, as long, but like, even like the after whistle scrums that are like pretty common, they're probably gonna try to limit. I, you're right. It wasn't an official announcement. I'm going crazy, but we already knew that.
1: But I we, feel like I feel like players are gonna be more aware of that though. That's what I think too. Like I I, I see what you're coming at, but then again, there's no way that NHL is gonna be like you can't fight. You need to stop when the whistle blows. You need to
0: spread up. I don't. I really don't. I really don't think the league is gonna limit. Um, th- that I really don't think like, the league is going to try and limit like on an, to, like like an I, individual I, I type thing.
1: Ima- I can't imagine
0: not rough, even that.
1: Like, I can't imagine the NHL coming out and saying, All right, if there's a bunch of people trying to fight for the puck in the net, you can't do that. Like, no, I can't imagine even after the, the whistle. Like, I, I feel like it's just kind of like one, how do you enforce that? And two, you don't in, you in the playoffs, it's so elevated, too. The players', the player's skill level and just comp- competitiveness goes to a whole Another gear, unless like, you're that is. Then you <laughs> lose a few skill traits.
2: <laughs>
1: but for yeah. the most part, back to my point, like there's no way you're telling a bunch of guys not to like. It, I just see it's it, it, it's impossible. There's no way. They're so mm-hmm. like set in. They're such an, They're in such a game mode when the games are going on. You can't possibly like try to skew that in any way. In my opinion, yep.
2: we'll see what happens with the league. I do think it's something to keep an eye on, though.
0: The virus has uh, definitely caused a lot of concerns, as we mentioned just now. With players, they are not—they're spe- not in a bubble right now, and that seems to be a uh, maybe an issue for Canucks forward Jake Virtanen. The Canucks uh, apparently have had or are going to have a private conversation with the forward after he was seen at a nightclub without a mask. I don't care. <laughs> like, I, I, you know. Don't be an idiot. Uh, he, he was in B.C. Like, it it goes without saying, you know, you look at the numbers. If you're in British – if you're in anywhere in Canada and you're out, uh, you know, in the world per se, you're at less of a chance of getting it or you're putting yourself at less of a risk than being down in the states where, you know, in Florida, yep. Alabama, oh, Texas, the, the states that are starting to scarily trend up. So uh, am I – is it a liability? Yes. Is it as much of a liability? No. So, it, again, I don't understand why, like, the, first off, I don't get why it's being. this is being reported on. Because, again, it. why are we shocked that players aren't in a bubble yet and are going out and living their lives as if things were, you know, it, as if they weren't players? I don't see a problem with that. They're not in the bubble. They're not at the jurisdiction and the mercy of the league. It's their fault if they get it, or they expose other people. And yeah, there might be a problem, but like that, so like that's yeah, their—that uh, that is hundred percent on them to, to take the risk and you know be accountable for others, right? Or be accountable for potentially giving it or whatever to other players, people. Yeah, I don't, I don't see again why why media, why, why sports media is making a big deal about it. They're yeah, I involved. don't.
1: It's not necessary at all to really be like, like I I get it if they were like a Vancouver Canucks players have isn't been called for a private meeting with, but the fact that they had to throw out a name too, it's like the Austin Matthews situation. Like, why are you guys trying to make something out of players who are just trying to live their life right now? Like, obviously, yeah. if you're in the bubble, and like let's say the let's say one of the teams was Vegas, we obviously know it's barring any last second changes, as Bob McKenzie and you also said Logan that it's not going to be Vegas. But let's just say it's Vegas. And let's say, I don't know, Ryan Kessler for some reason is in the playoffs right now. Let's say Marion Hossa is there. I don't, I'm don't. i just listing off the first names that come to mind. Jonathan Tays and Patrick Kane are all having a fun night. They leave the bubble to go to a casino that's not protected. They hang out, they go to an after party, and then they come back and all get COVID. Obviously, there's a problem there. Cause they're in. They're supposed to be in the bubble. You shouldn't be allowed to leave. You shouldn't yeah. be doing that. But like the fact that, like, if they were just like all hanging out with, they're just hanging out with the boys, and then they decide to go to a party. Is that a smart idea? No. But if they're not supposed to be in the bubble, then there's no big deal. Like, you can't. Gary Bettman and the owners can't like go to every player, and like put a camera in their house and say you have to be quarantined yeah. for this long. You cannot leave your house. Blah blah blah. Like mean like overpowering things right like you you can't do that to players players aren't going to play then. and no. if anything if you're an owner you need the money so you need the ratings from tv so you need your players to play so i don't see this as too big of a deal i don't even know why brittanen's name was even necessary for this for this media coverage i don't yeah. know i don't know why it was necessary at all i didn't
2: like i didn't like it either i don't well, i don't know
0: uh, the the thing that came out it was a video I'm pretty sure that he posted it was him and uh, a couple of the other uh, Vancouver Canucks players or a couple of Furtanen's friends and they were kind of making fun of or poking fun at the whole Brendan Leipzig thing like because uh, Brendan Leipzig said something along the lines of you know the, the worst crew in the league or the worst line in the league and he like oh, yeah. you know paraphrased that on the video so that's probably you know it. it yeah, like beef. I'm just saying like, straight
1: up though, like, that's probably you, why can't, was like you can't, like you can't control like players like that that right. are leaving the same But obviously, yeah, if there's a video, then yeah, that makes sense. But also going to the point too that like although it's obvious that it was hi- him and he was likely the person, like you-, you didn't really need to throw it out there. Like, like at least Tampa Bay was like these pl- like a few players and two staff like had, had tested positive. We it still wasn't, don't know like, Stamkos, Kucherov, and. Um, Andre Vasilevsky test positive. Yeah, no, we still don't know just, who those just players are. it's three unnamed players. Ex- mm-hmm. exactly. exactly. And I'd rather have it be like that. Even if it's kind of obvious, like, I'd like the team just to be like, we are coding you. Like, it's pretty obvious that it's you, but we're not going to, like, actually say it's you. Right. Like I feel like that's... Necess- like,
0: yeah. if it
1: blows up... Let into the something, fans figure it out. If it blows up into something, then you can be like, yes, this player was caught doing X, Y, Z. Yep. But... Like, if it's just going to be a – it's it's a private conversation, too. Like, mm. how – I don't know. It's, it just bothers me that it's – like, I agree with you guys that, one, he shouldn't be out. Two, he shouldn't be making fun of that situation. Three, he shouldn't even be posting a video of him doing that. Hey, that's even place. worse, yeah. But it's like – it's not – like, you don't need his name to be put there. Like, how, we can figure it out on our own and connect the dots and realize, oh, this is happening,
0: in my opinion. Just don't be an idiot. Before we get into talking about the the draft lottery, before we get into talking about the headache that is this year's draft lottery. (laughs) uh, You mean every year? Yeah. Yes. The Blackhawks, once again, have led the league in uh, regular season average attendance with 21,441, basically, a, a sold out crowd every night. Yes, um, sir. It happens every year. It it you know kind of run of the mill. It, All I, the bandwagon I wish, that fans, trans- right? I wish that translated into the uh you know into the way that they played, but that's just a complete... That's tragic. Dip, yeah. You know. Like, that's did difference. You forget the dynasty? Like, like right now. Yeah. Talking about right you know, now.
1: like three cups, three cups in the last like 10 years, so like I, I'm like it's been working and I mean we still have the and the bandwagon argument's gone too, which is also oh, really yeah. nice. So I, I'm not complaining right now. Sure. I love it. The fans are <laughs> buzzing. We have a few new fans now because of our hockey indoctrination
0: to our pals. Yes. Yep. We've basically turned our friends into casual hockey fans, whereas before they were just diehard football and basketball fans and still are, but you know, we've opened their eyes, which is always a good thing.
2: You love it. You love However, to see it. However,
0: The draft lottery was last week on Wednesday, or Friday. Uh, Hold on. Friday. It was on Friday, thank you. The
2: Hall of Fame induction was Wednesday.
0: Yes, Hall of Fame induction was Wednesday. On Friday the 26th at night, we saw the draft lottery. And let me just say something. I, uh, I, I never liked the draft lottery, right? Like I, yep. I love the way that the NFL does it, where they just give the worst team in the standings the first overall pick. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, that—that's the that point. Should of Detroit, be how it works. Right? Like, yeah, exactly. I—I I, I, I just Detroit Red Wings get a whopping seventeen wins on the season.
2: <laughs> whopping is
0: right, yeah. And they get the fourth <laughs> overall pick. You Man, know what I have to say so to the
1: Red Wings right now, rude. Wah wah wah. They knew they had a 50% chance of dropping out and dropping to the fourth pick. They knew that before. They've seen the last few years. It's constantly happened. And the biggest thing, deal is for me, is the fact that they were literally on a 25-game or 25-season playoff-making streak, and they had like five cups of show for it a few years back. <laughs> like, yeah. You're, you're one of the last fan bases that can be crying about that, though, in my opinion. You've had so much success. Like if I was a Hawks fan and I was supposed to have the first pick, would I be upset? Yes, but I would be aware that yes, it was a higher chance, a much higher chance that I felt for, and there was also the like the fact that I had three cups. Like I should be kind of happy about that, in my opinion. That's just me. If anyone should be mad, it, I it would be the San Jose Sharks who lost oh, their pick, bad. and the fact that the Senators had Senators Sharks pick got the third pick shockingly. If anyone's upset it's either the Sharks or the Senators. But if I'm
0: why are the it, Senators upset? They have two top five picks and arguably the best see, draft we've seen since Connor McDavid's year since 2015.
1: Yes. No sorry, I you're I I, didn't, I mixed that up a bit.
0: If you're it Buffalo, like, you're rattled because you got the 8th overall pick once again and Kevin Adams, I trust Kevin Adams. I I don't think he's going to draft poorly. I really think that this that this draft is going to be I, it's I, tough to I, I screw like up, really, man. But it, it's this. This is the year where they finally draft someone. But like, you're Funny. at eight. They they have a they have Marco Rossi. If he drops there, they have if they want to go defense potentially. Uh, the best American in the draft. What's his name, Rafi Uh, Sanderson. Jake
1: Sanderson. Sanderson
0: thank you. Uh, Sanderson. Maybe even uh, Perfetti. If they want to go that route with another centerman, they have at their disposal a great amount of players, but eighth overall for like the 12th, whatever umpteenth year in a row, come on. Like, okay. Uh, Are we just, uh, and we're like to knock
1: the, the, the Senators thing. thing, back to the Senators thing, and I'll hand it over to you, Noah. I would only be upset if I was a Senators fan because of the fact that I had like a, what was it, like 40, 50% chance of getting at least
0: getting a, first a 45% over. chance. Combined. Yeah. So and I
1: would have been a bit upset that. about that. But then again, yeah. Like I, two top five picks. Yeah, exactly. They're going to get two really good. Like the fifth overall pick would definitely be a top three pick in the in past drafts. If the player plays how they
0: are, potentially Tim Stutzel or Quentin Byfield, and I think it'd be stupid for Pierre Dorian to get two forwards. uh, Yeah, you take Jamie Drysdale. Take take Jamie Drysdale. That Mm -hmm. is, you don't pass up on that. That is like the best out. That they win the draft on that alone. Exactly. Yep.
2: No, I think. I think if you're there are two people who need who are really or there are two fan bases who are really mad, and then there's everyone who's mad. Detroit's really mad because they should have gotten first overall, and I'll explain why they didn't in about five seconds. Sabers Sabres fans are mad because they're eighth overall and they're just clean house and they now don't even have a top five pick to show for it. But who's really mad is like pretty much every hockey fan who's looking at this year. And thinking, the NHL needs ratings. They need eyes on their television How so they can make money. How you let a and this year,
0: playoff team get the first overall pick? How? I
2: think it is so unbelievably obvious. The NHL, com- I don't want to say rigged. I don't want to say that word. But they did a little finagling in their lottery. What? Something There
1: was a 25% chance that a placeholder team was going to get that one spot.
2: There's a twenty-five percent uh, chance
1: they had a high. they had the second best odds to get a top three pick.
2: Yeah, it but just don't so you so think it's a they got don't the you greatest
1: it's a, player in like the last like five years. Don't you, make make it sketchy? Sketchy. don't you think it's a little it sketchy? Don't you think it's a little sketchy? It's a little sketchy. It's a it's a lot I have a bit very sketchy, very Rafi. Simple solution. I have a very simple solution.
2: Just don't You show the, penguins,
1: the you show what? You just
2: don't let the penguins get Lafreniere as your solution. false.
1: I'm scared of Edmonton more I don't care about Connor McDavid and Dryceidle, who aren't even in the primes yet. Back to my point. You just broadcast the like balls bouncing around and going in, going up. Simplest thing ever. And I guarantee you, it's going to be the same outcome as every other year before then.
2: Yeah, I'm, but like, there's some stuff you can do. I just find it, people just like find to it complain. sketchy.
1: People just complain to complain. Yeah, sometimes. I
2: complain because I don't want to see Lafreniere and Crosby or Lafreniere and McDavid and out on the same team. That's terrifying.
1: And that's why, as that a Chicago like a- Blackhawks fan, I will sacrifice – the playing round. So oh, Emerson yeah. By the
0: way, any fan base or any person in hockey genuinely thinking that tanking or losing the first round game, uh, you're playing game on purpose to try it, and get is the first round somewhat smart. Pick. Stop. Is the, it's no, not. It is the dumbest, Stop. Stop. Is the dumbest Stop. Stop. thing. You have a 12.5% chance, just like every <laughs> other person that loses. There is no benefit or lack that, or, or uh, you know, ben, there's no good or detriment. bad outcome. Exactly. Yeah, I know. There's I was, no good or bad outcome. It is the dumbest thing anyone's ever said. If for the record, that was the a joke. Playoffs, I wasn't. I know, actually, but like there are know, people I'm that actually saying. believe that. Oh, yeah. I, I, hit a, I hit a stupid.
1: nerve. I hit. I hit a, a nerve for you, Logan. I apologize, hit, but then again, no, you're completely you're cracked hitting,
0: too. A, some, hitting a nerve, I uh, would say that um,
1: Ottawa the should trade,
0: Ottawa should trade their uh, third and fifth overall pick for the first overall pick, which is also stupid because you would much like I said that is very stupid. You have the draft this player. year: Tim Stutzler, Quinton Byfield, and Jamie Drysdale. You do don't screw it up. that up. Lafreniere can't play
1: like that well. Lafreniere's defense is solid, but it's not. I'd rather have a home, just like a off-brand but center version of him, and then a I'd much rather have the best too. international
0: talent in the draft. Uh, the next Leon Drysdale, also may call, it. and, and then and the, the best, best defenseman, offensive in defenseman in the draft, Jamie Drysdale. The best defenseman.
1: Uh, In all honesty, maybe Sanderson, but Jamie Drysdale's for sure been like the number one defenseman in the the last like year. But yeah, but like overall though, if I, I I just think that you really could just like broadcast the lottery and it's no big deal. Um, What I would have liked though is there was, there was, there was talks and then you can speak Logan. About it being like the top five picks, or just a lot, or just the teams that missed the playoffs. I would have liked that this year a bit more. But then again, it is what it is. Move on from it. I don't care.
0: To recap the uh, draft order real quick, though Sabres at eight, Devils at seven, Ducks at six, Senators at five, Wings at four, Senators at three from San Jose. The Los Angeles Kings get the second overall pick, and a team yet to be decided. Placeholder E,
1: yep. A- Allegedly, so
0: uh, Allegedly from where e. the what's it called? From where the uh, ping pong balls fell, that was the uh, percentage B- based on regular season standings. That was the Winnipeg Jets pick. Yep. Could you fun imagine?
1: Fun. Jeez. Kyle Connor, Ehlers, Blake Wheeler, Lafreniere, and Patrick Line being your wingers. Being your yeah. wingers,
0: oh yeah, wingers. That is, oh, terrifying.
1: You have Christian Vesselinen, who's supposed to be like another good top six guy in like a two, three years. Like, wow, wow, <laughs> wow. But one? then he. But then again, like, do you really need more offense, or can we address the defense and help Connor help a bit? So, Whatever. regardless, placeholder E gets more hype than Seattle's new team name. They both have an NHL at the moment, so. Yeah. Today. The placeholder ease.
0: Yes. Yep. Exactly. Oh Oh, uh, real quick. We're going to fi- – I, I think that, that there's a good chance that we're going to find out the team that gets the uh, first overall pick in the draft uh, before we find out a team name for the Seattle expansion draft. Just saying. Moving on. Uh, at, very at, this rate, marry, uh, at this rate, I'm
1: going to marry – at this rate, I'm going to have, like, two kids, get married, uh, <laughs> retire – whole-
0: and maybe, mm-hmm. before we uh, find out the damn expansion team name. Maybe yep. you. I don't plan on that, but life's crazy. <laughs> Move on. Hey, no, we'll Move on. In honor of free agency, so yesterday, July 1st, uh, the day of recording this is the second, on a Thursday, um, would have been the start of normal free agency. Now, normally free agency, you know, it's a time where it, you upgrade your team, you get that key piece to push you over into a playoff berth or maybe into be- – to be a uh, cup contender, whatever it happens to be, whatever the situation for the team is. We're not here to talk about good signings because there have been some pretty good signings. I think Artemi Panarin uh, just from last year. I think you can name John Tavares from the offseason before. Uh, Sergei, G- Sergei Gabrovsky, Jesus, Sergey Bobrovsky, uh, yet to be determined whether his, you know, the. At the moment, on, it's a terrible at the moment No. Um,
2: but yet to be determined is right,
0: you know, but your Justin Falk sign and trade who was a free agent. You have your, uh, your, your good and bad signings, but we're here to look at the worst the ugly from from recent memory, the worst signings. We're going to go from the bottom up there. We chose five, uh, of our favorite or least favorite. I guess you could put it, uh, players number five, we got Buffalo Sabres forward, Kyle Pozo. He was not a bad, like most of these players, he was not a bad player being signed. Kyle Pozo is, you know, he's old. His game definitely is not as in tune as it was in, uh, as it was on his team prior to being in Buffalo. The Islanders, uh, he was a 60-point scorer before the free agent season. He dropped off of a steep drop, 45 points, 44 points to see in twenty 45 points in 1617 and 44 in the 17 18 and he's just hit a wall and hasn't gotten over 30 since in the last two seasons in Buffalo in 1819 in this most recent season bad <laughs> yeah that's bad. A, yeah that's not a, that's a, not a, not a good way to describe time. it
1: yeah and this was, as you're gonna as you're gonna see with the other top four four of the top five were in that amazing To say the least, 2016 free agency where some of the worst (laughs) contracts and four of the top five contracts on this list were inked, which is absolutely hilarious. The 2016 free
0: agent frenzy is not something people necessarily want to look back on and smile at. Kyle Pozo, seven years, six million dollars contract signed to the Buffalo Sabres was the deal. Yeah. Okay. Moving oh my gosh. on to the fourth worst in our eyes at uh, Puck Talk Live Studios. That's not the official name of our company. It's just what I said. Andrew <laughs> Ladd at seven years for five and a half million dollars. Andrew Ladd for those Black Hawk faithful, faithful. <laughs> uh, oh, great, yeah. great piece to our team. Uh, until I, he was until personally like one of my favorite players. Uh, he got traded off. In a quote-unquote cap dump, which th- that is not how you dump cap. There are better ways to dump <laughs> cap than that trade. Was this the Buffalo trade? Ladd, the it was the same off season, I think. Um, okay. It was the same off season. That was after he won the cup w- in 2010. Uh, he had a 38-point season and eight in a full campaign. His contract year, 17 goals, 21 assists, 38 points. And the season before that, he was at 15 goals, 34 assists for 49 points, two seasons before his contract year. He got traded, or yeah, he got traded before and signed a deal in the Winnipeg slash Atlanta franchise, 59 points in his first season. Not bad. No. right. Like he, 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 was a, he was a pretty good player for a decent while, but now the contract is looking. Eh, yeah. Well, once points, he
1: said, yeah. Once he 50, signed it with the Islanders, it, it just really fell off. And also, then 46 points. Yeah. Then
0: 54, then 62. Then it's just a steep drop. 34, 12, 31, 29, 11. Yeah. Well, the 34,
1: the 34 and 12 is combined for 46. This was when Stan Bowman yes, was like, right. we're getting the boys back. And made a bunch of ridiculous trades trying to reacquire oh, all members of past Stanley Cup runs that all flopped. I don't think one of them worked out in our favor. He just has – All terrible
0: for For the bulk of the signing, he was not bad. He was a 50-point player. And then the yeah. latter half of the contract, he just – 30 points – I still consider 30 points a useful top-nine forward, especially when you're a veteran. Oh, but, I agree. Yeah. When you signed for $5.5 eh. eh. And for,
1: you still have, like, four more years left on that contract, too. Three yeah. more seasons, so not too good. Number three, and, I mean, these are just five. Like, you can really wear them however you want. In the 2017 offseason, Carl Alsner, coming off a really good season with the Washington Capitals, signed a solid deal. With the Montreal Canadiens, it was five years with 4.6 around million dollars per year. And it wasn't too bad of a deal at first when he signed the contract, but he really didn't fit in on their pairings as he took a really bad step back. Defense. Like, he's a more of a defensive defenseman. Like He's really a stay home him. defenseman. Yeah, you don't yeah. expect him to really be putting, racking up points, but... He completely fell off. He was in the AHL for a lot of the season after his first year, and finally got his contract terminated, or something around those sorts. Or no, his contract's still there, but he's still in the AHL. Yep. So
0: he only played four games this season and nine played, games last season.
1: Exactly. So
0: yeah, that's he not was really ideal. He was
1: really good. He was really good in Washington, though. He was a good shutdown guy, big piece. During the cup run I believe if my memory serves me correct yeah nope. no nope other year my year bad. before yep so maybe that worked out for the capitals for, with releasing him but yeah not a not a smart signing at all I mean it made sense but was it worth it no,
0: no. Definitely. Coming next, not hindsight. yeah coming the, in the next two guys the next two guys both played on Boston. Both I had believe really they good both, th- both played
1: really well on Boston.
0: I believe yeah. they both won a cup in 2011 with Boston. Yep. Yeah. They this one did. we were both 50 and 60 point players.
1: And they both completely fell off after leaving them.
0: <laughs> yep. Sounds about right. Milan Number Lucic yeah. and Louis Erickson. I think they got to be packaged together because they're just both special. Well, in their own.
1: Lucic is one year longer than Erickson, although they the six million dollars for both for years quite daunting to say the least. It,
0: I I never I, I mean, okay. Here's the thing with Milan Lucic, Milan Lucic is not the ideal NHL player. Wow. He's short, he's a big guy, he, he he just was never the perfect the the, the you know, the ideal size. For the type of forward he was but he succeeded he was a 30 goal scorer numerous times in his career and you know people people forget he faced the same sort of adversity and same sort of criticism in his ban in june and junior years before getting drafted by boston uh i think it was a six round draft pick right no my bad he was a second round draft pick in the uh 06 draft but uh, he was integral to their cup win in 2011, 30 goals that season. Milan Lucic I'm talking about, 30 goals that season, and went on to stay that pace, 62 points, 61 points. He got injured, so or my bad, he scored 27 points in 46 games, the lockout season, 59 points and 44 points before being signed. Traded. My bad, traded to the Los oh, Angeles LA. Kings, where he nice. outscored his previous season at 55 points. And in his first year in Edmonton, he was still on pace to be that player with fifty that's points. That's what
1: I was gonna say. People forget he was twenty eight, so he was kind of entering his technical prime too. Yep. And he had fifty points, so it wasn't a bad thing. But it was after that first season where he fell off a cliff. By I think that's an understatement. With thirty four points and twenty points, and then twenty points again with his first season after getting traded to Calgary. So he was he he's a Perfect power forward type player, but his scoring and point production has just completely fallen off. And he it's weird, too, because...
0: To he hasn't been scoring.
1: The thing is, too, is you would think that most players, like, would fall off like this, You'd like Brown Seabrook, for example. Like, once you start hitting your, like, mid-30s, like, you're like, oh, yeah, they're completely falling off. But he was, like, 29 when his play started when his offense started really falling yeah. off. And taking a hit, which was really weird. So, I mean, nonetheless, he had a really good start to like a really good first, like 10 years of his career, but now it's just not looking too good. And then and we have our boy, the empty net specialist, my yep. favorite player to ever score empty net goals, Louis Erickson, who's the so abs- good at scoring empty netters, he can score oh, in his bad. own Louis net Erick- too.
0: Louis Erickson did not win a cup with. Boston, my bad. Yeah, he was 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 a part of the Tyler
1: Sagan deal, I believe.
2: Yes, Louis Erickson is probably one of the biggest memes in the hockey community. As Rafi said, empty net specialist. We think that's where he scored all of his goals, but no confirmation has been given. We don't know yet. They're either empty netters or
1: or own goals. One of the two. Yeah,
2: Yeah. he signed a six-year, $6 million contract in 2016. Yeah, Uh, his play has not panned out. But then again, for the-
1: then again, like how Logan was talking about with Lucic, in his third year with Dallas, 63 points, then 71, 73-71. In the lockout year, where he played 48 games, he had 29 points. Next season with Boston, after the Tyler Sagan trade, which was smart at the time, and I still think was a good move. But obviously, like if you're just a new hockey fan, you think it's crazy. Puts up 37 points, 61 games. 47 points in 81 games, 63 points in next season. Signs a deal with Vancouver. And 24 points, 23 points, 29 points, 13 points. He's been in and out of the lineup due to either being healthy and this season scratched. He he just didn't fit with Vancouver at all. Like, he fit really well with Dallas, and he was a solid guy in Boston. But once he signed that deal and left Boston, Azlucic completely fell off.
2: Yeah, uh, and you can't even like this. This is like one of the situations where it's like, oh, well, maybe you can blame it on the team, kind of like with the Kylo Okposo, where it's like, well, he went he went from the Islanders, which was like a a serious threat in the playoffs, to Buffalo, who are well not. And but like Lucic went from Boston to the LA for to, a season. or to LA for a season, and then to the Flames, and the Flames aren't horrible. the
1: Oilers, to the Oilers, yeah. where he signed the deal and then got traded to Calgary, and then Just Erickson to... went from. Yeah. Uh, uh,
2: Boston that eventually ended up in Vancouver like Vancouver's not a bad team so people forget you can't though. Blame Van- it on the team. When,
1: I mean to, to go off of that though, Vancouver aside from the season has kind of been in the gutter since I'd say the early 2010s like you have the Red Wings, the Blackhawks, Canucks, Ducks, Kings, Sharks, Montreal and the Rangers who are like really good at the start of the 2010s. Yeah,
2: the, and
0: the, now the scary and games now they're they're at the beginning of the decade. have just completely fallen off. And I guess that's the way that the uh parity cycle works. Like it makes sense. Yeah, like you saw you your, know, the you guys that Pittsburgh. were conference finalists, the uh the cup winners, etc. It makes sense that you know, you you you're going to have to at some point stop your reign, even though Detroit necessarily didn't for 25 seasons from the night from the 80s and 90s to the uh I think their last season in the playoffs was so like 20 20- 2017. Sixteen, yeah, twenty seventeen,
1: some something it. like yeah, that. exactly. It was the that was obviously a, you're gonna have your thing. like Pittsburgh Penguins, your Washington Capitals, Tampa Bay, like Boston Nick, Bruins, Boston Bruins obviously but they are, they
0: they have been dominant for significantly less amount of time. Yep. Yeah, but that's the thing. They, in they, they're in the middle look, of that.
1: Wait, if we look just at the twenty tens though, like there were teams. Those teams were constantly like either they like just missed the playoffs for like a season or two. Or they're basically in the playoffs and contending for the cup like every season. Yeah. So the Western Conference definitely has really changed since the start of the 2010s. Eastern Conference is somewhat, but nothing changed. Not not as much as
2: the West. The West is like pretty much completely flipped. But like you had the Ducks, you had the Sharks, you had the Hawks.
1: But to come finally full circle to my point before we got off task about Vancouver and the first few seasons of the Louis Erickson contract. Like he was expected to be a top six guy that was going to help Vancouver like get back to where they were, as they still had guys really good players. They still had the Sadines. He was he was really expected to produce on that line, and he just didn't didn't, didn't <laughs> help at all. And I mean, Quinn Hughes wouldn't have happened if they weren't that bad. But still, it's like you signed him to help your team, and it, it just didn't happen. So back to that. Vancouver idea Vancouver wasn't very good in the first few years of the Erickson contract it was really expected of him to like help bolster the team and as we all know he did not
0: yeah right that about wraps it up for this episode of the Puck Talk Live podcast once again if you haven't checked out the interview with Jason Bertitas, go check it out it is our uh, episode 28 uh, on the podcast Really awesome guy. Uh, great interview. Really, Maybe my favorite episode, favorite thing to do with the show this year. Don't forget to hit us up on Instagram at the Puck Talk Live. Actually, not at the Puck Talk Live podcast, at Puck Talk Live. Be sure to uh, check out the series that we have going on with the Puck cast. The Puckcast podcast on Instagram, the underscore Puckcast underscore podcast. It's our trophy series. Tomorrow is the Selkie, or by the time you're hearing this, today is the Selkie. Rafi, plug yours. My Twitter, yes, as always. Rafi s eighty eight nineteen.
1: Just Foster.
0: making sure. Yeah, come on, yeah, that's fair. Rofi, nope. Foster, plug yours noah
2: underscore foster 18 hit any of us up twitter instagram or our official official sure our actual puck uh actual at the puck talk live instagram yikes i'm having a tough time with words tonight with anything you want to see on the show any connections you guys might have any things you got you guys want us to talk about questions about the season we'll get them answered stuff you want to see us talk about you think you think louis erickson should win the heart let us know we'll uh Kindly, re- we'll kindly prove you wrong. But as I you know, say, every a, show,
0: yeah. Questions, comments, concerns, <laughs> grocery list, streams, aspirations, send them our way. I'm going to edit this show as quickly as I can because I am tired. It is a late night for me, even though it's only nine o'clock on a Thursday. You I'm just like exhausted. <laughs> Thank you. you guys so much for listening to this episode. We will see you guys on Tuesday. Take care.